welcome to the Color of Ideas podcast. Today, I'm going to kind of walk back through the year 2021 and make a case, so to speak, for this being the most important year of my life as an artist. A year of revelation, a year of insight, uh, a year of creative energy unlike anything I've known before, having started in, started painting in 2012. So I'm, I'm, I'm beginning my 10th year as an artist. And this year, uh, I, I am uh, all excited about, about this podcast. Of course, I don't have notes. I don't, I haven't rehearsed. So it's going to be a, a, a you know, awkward hemming and hawing and, and reflection happening right, right on the spot, so to speak. But that's just how I, how I roll. Uh, now, to begin with January of this year, I broke my ankle December 30th. I came home from the hospital on January 1st of 2021. And I had a two-month recovery uh, beginning in March. That's when I got out of the knee uh, brace thing I was in, uh, Velcro thing, had the boot, and started uh, walking without a cane, without a walker. And it was kind of slow going, but uh, every, that's ancient history now. But uh, that very month, March, that's when I rented a studio space at Tyler Station in Dallas. Now, over my life as an artist, I've had studios that I rented a couple different times. Uh, This was, I hadn't rented one in a couple of years and was happy to stumble upon uh, Tyler Station uh, in the Oak Cliff neighborhood of, of Dallas. It's a big space, uh, formerly a manufacturing place that was bought and developed by this one guy who um, has customized, you could say, sizes that you can rent from very large to very small. So I was able to rent a space in a, in a large 2,500 square foot room, which was dedicated to painting. You had to, in order to rent a space there in that room, you had to be a painter. Not an artist of other forms, but specifically a painter. So I only had about 250 square feet, which isn't much at all. But the room, like I said, was huge and it was. Um, set up so that it was supposed to accommodate um, four artists, but there were only two of us there. And so that meant a lot of empty space, which made me feel wonderful, really, because where I paint has a lot to do with my energy. And there were lots of windows, great lighting, um, air conditioning and heat were included in the rent. Uh, so in many ways, it was ideal. So four days a week, uh, three to five days a week, I was there, always on Friday and Saturday, and then one or two days in addition, usually. I did a lot of work, 
and I was thrilled by what I did. Now, I ended up leaving there in August, uh, five, five months into my lease, uh, because I hadn't realized that the owner-developer was so controlling. And worse than that, the guy that shared the space with me, he had uh, the main um, authority in that room about anything that went on in that room. You know, so I just felt hampered. I had so many ideas and 90% of them got shot down because of the creative police. That's what I called them. The guy I shared the room with, and the owner developer, you know, so I couldn't stand it anymore. So I left there. I was hugely disappointed, but you know what? Good things can happen anywhere, depending on your attitude. And so when I went home, uh, studio-less, um, you know, I right away started reaping benefits in the sense that no rent, you know, $600 a month. <laughs> I just started holding on to that, which was wonderful. And of course, my entire life schedule eased up instead of, you know, having a commitment to be there during certain hours and get the dogs for a walk, get all my chores done, get over there, you know, all of that went away. So that's been very nice. And another whole phase of creativity opened up for me. So from August till now, uh, my headspace is different. Okay, so I'm now committed to the home studio approach. It's true I don't get many people into our house to see my studio, which I happen to think is stupendous. Um, but what's going on within me has been gigantic. And that's really what I'm gonna talk about. When I say I'm gonna pass uh, through the year and reflect on it uh, as um, a creative enterprise for myself, the bulk of the good things that have happened for me uh, have been from August until now. I'm, this, today is December 12th, so almost at the very end of the year. Um, the biggest change has been in confidence, uh, which is kind of interesting. And that confidence has grown out of doing these small projects. I, I am particularly drawn to large canvases. So it's odd that it's the small work that has been so um, so important for me these last months. Uh, what do I mean by small projects? Well, I have started, or I, I started doing work, artwork, on the most unlikely materials over a year ago. Soon after, well, even a little before the pandemic started, um, I was doing that. Paper cups, paper plates, anything in our recycling bin, rocks, branches, anything. I would set myself the goal of taking an unlikely material and doing something wonderful with it. Not crafty and cute, but first class art. And <laughs> that began to grow in me and develop. And, you know, when your materials cost nothing or very little, uh, the, um, my, my investigations were just 
more radical. You know, it's not like, well, what if I take this uh, six-foot canvas and and am not happy with what I did, or I don't want to try that. I've never done that before. Well, you know, when the materials are next to nothing in cost, and and because they're so small, my <laughs> my paint or markers or whatever I'm going to be using, um, they they re- represent very little financial investment. I found that I got bolder and more daring. So if I have a an empty soda can. Uh, what am I going to do with it? Well, I, I don't worry about that question. Uh, I don't, it doesn't even become a question. I try to just, more than usual, be uh, explosive in my, my energy and creativity and just go for it all the way. Well, in the course of some months, coming into 2021, that began to blossom even more. And I, my respect and admiration for my work grew substantially because I could see that this is art. This is abstract art at its best. The form, the, the, the material I was using looked so inconsequential, but what I was putting on it just to me, for me, opened a door that I hadn't known was closed. I was being more conservative with my larger work than I realized. So for the whole past year, especially August, because once I got out of the studio, you know, I just, something else happened. Uh, I mean, it's hard to even um, see that you can just keep growing in creativity so it's not like well I found my palette and I found my style no no it's it's more like there's uh, uh, all kinds of limitations got got taken away and and I have just walked into an entirely new place now um, eventually I started buying things from Walmart um, so I sort of graduated from um, the recycling uh, container to Walmart. So I bought what would be called a utensil holder, you know, wooden spoons, spatulas, etc., that most of us have on our kitchen counter. Well, I started buying the black metal ones at Walmart, quite inexpensive. And there was a napkin holder. I bought a couple of them. This is all over a period of months, not all at once. Uh, a pencil uh, organizer or cup that's divided into two sections. One was an entirely um, black uh, square, um, and the other was uh, white, you know, and about four inches tall. So I started doing work on there. and. More recently, probably uh, October, I started shopping at uh, Target instead of Walmart, and that opened up a whole new world of these simple products that I started working with. So I bought a honey uh, jar. Uh, They had something called a salt container that had a top on it. This was ceramic. A sugar container. Uh, uh, that was 
of beautiful and anything that was all white or all black and ceramic uh, and reasonably priced, I was collecting two or three of each of these. Um, some mugs, two black mugs that are probably eight inches tall, quite substantial. Uh, they had them in black and white. And this is still ceramic and kind of a matte finish, so it's not real shiny at all. And I started using markers on all of these. Now, at first, uh, what I was putting on on these, what I would call it uh, graphics, you know, just graphic elements for accent. So a squiggle with a red dot, you know, that would go on like the sugar bowl. And each time I would buy something, I began to investigate a little bit farther. I started out with these, you know, rather, they were, they're lovely. They're form and shape and, and just uh, overall design, charming. So I didn't really look at them as a place for abstract art. I thought of just embellishing what was there. But again, over time, I got more adventurous. And then I also made this breakthrough. I bought a mug at a thrift store. It was in a cardboard box and was a, a complete project. It included a brush and acrylic paints, and it explained in detail how you could paint on this ordinary ceramic mug with acrylic paints, and how you could put it in a cold oven, set the oven for 350, put your ceramic work in there that you've used um, acrylic paint on, and then uh, set it for 30 minutes. After 30 minutes, you turn the oven off, and just leave it in the oven until it's entirely cooled down. So an hour. Well, that opened another whole world. So that whatever I put on uh, on the bowl or the mug or the plate, the ceramic bowl, mug or plate, um, would get fixed. You know, it wasn't going to smear. It, it's quite quite nice what's what's finally on there. And so that led to further investigation and discovery, moving beyond just graphic design, squiggles, dots, few lines, and heading towards developed abstract art. So that's where I am now. And I am overwhelmed with what's pouring out of me. So I, this is a turning point for me that I can look at the mug like I would a canvas. I can look at the bowl as a canvas, not just adding interesting doodles, but really going for it. And that is just a complete breakthrough. And I'm, I'm, I, when I look at the work that I've done, I am dumbfounded. I am speechless. I am deeply moved by what I'm doing. Now, I'm doing, the same thing has happened with paper folds. I've been doing paper folds. I started doing them back in the 80s when I introduced our oldest to origami and six children, you know, I, I reintroduced origami many times. Our first child was born in um, 82. Our last child was born in 96. So there's six of them. So I introduced it over and over at the, around when they were four or five. And I, I have to say, speaking for myself, I wasn't attracted to origami at all. I don't like instructions. I don't like being told, 
here are the 10 steps to get to the flower, or here are the 15 to get to the crane or whatever. Right from the start, while I would be guiding a child and doing the simplest origami, um, I was doing my own folds with just ordinary paper, just plain. Now this is before I even walked into making art. So this, uh, I'm just an independent thinker. Well, by the time number six was learning origami, <laughs> I was, I was uh, taking bolder steps in my own folds. And eventually, by the time that child was 10, which would be 2005, I was buying first quality paper, not origami paper, but a big sheet like 18 by 22, something like that, of 300 pound arches watercolor paper. It's called cold press. It's like 20, $22 a sheet. But you can get quite a few paper folds out of that depending on your size. And making that investment into the paper, that's when I realized this is more than a craft. Okay, this is really interesting to me. But you know what? I still had to go from 2005 to 2019 to get to the full understanding that I'm making art. I'm not making a Christmas card. I'm not making a birthday card, which I've been doing for years. You know, I'd fold something fascinating looking and then write happy birthday in it. But 2019, that's when I saw for the first time these forms that I'm folding, these are spectacular. I began to refer to them as paper sculptures. So now when I, I send a Christmas card, I don't think of it as a Christmas card. I think of it as a gift of art. I don't write on it at all. If I want to make any kind of greeting for birthday or Christmas or whatever, or the occasion, I write that separately and include the paper folding as a, a gift of love, uh, a fully developed work of art. So that happened in 2019. Well, I would say that here in 2021, my appreciation for paper folding has gone even farther. So I know, you know, origami is all about starting out with square paper. Okay, well, I, I let go of that a long time ago. So it doesn't have to be square. And I don't have any problem with making a couple paper cuts. So let's say I have a, a slice right in here with a, you have a triangular piece that you cut out or making a hole or using a marker and, and adding something there. Uh, so that, again, it's, the, the end result is, is a developed work of abstract art that I find ravishing. Uh, of late, I've started taking individual paper fold and putting it on a mirror. <laughs> it's like a, a, a 10 inch by 10 inch square mirror. And it, that takes it to another whole place. So you have the paper fold above and you have the paper fold that you're looking down into. And then of course, the whole thing about how light strikes the paper fold makes a big difference. So that is a, a new insight for me. So my understanding of my paper folds has definitely benefited. Uh, about six weeks ago, I, I bought some blocks 
from uh, Target. Now, they really aren't, aren't blocks. They're three little houses. Um, you know, these are, I, I'm sure, were something to do with the pre-Christmas era, I mean, uh, time, when, you know, you're supposed to do something with these little houses that even had, they're completely wooden blocks, but they're uh, gabled roof and, and then a little metal piece inserted in each one uh, as a chimney. So it's definitely the profile of three houses, each one slightly different two larger, and then the third one was a little smaller. Now, I bought them having absolutely no idea what I was going to do with them. Uh, but it soon came to me when I got them home. All I'm going to do is use them for making uh, construction. So I never looked at them as three houses. Okay, now I'm going to finish the houses. No, not at all. I don't want an abstract house. I don't want anything to do with houses. I just want to consider them as three wooden blocks, which I'm going to arrange in different ways to make constructions. And <laughs> I was delighted with the improbable ways that uh, you can play with these blocks. At first, I was not happy with the chimneys, and I, I tried to pull the chimneys out, but I couldn't get them out, so I just accepted them as being there, and it turns out there are benefits in terms of construction. There are balancing elements and placement issues that are enhanced by that, and of course, turning it upside down and putting the chimney on the body, on the bottom, again, that brings a whole different uh, set of uh, balancing for your constructions. And that has been so much fun that I have an Instagram account called Wooden Blocks 2021 uh, that has nothing but block constructions. Now here's the breakthrough that happened just last night. I took a black marker and I made wide, what you could call stripes, on the different sides, different faces of these blocks. The blocks aren't particularly thick, you know, like five inches tall and an inch thick. So when I added, you could call them black stripes, rather wide to the different, to, to the different um, faces of it. What that means is that when I do the constructions, you know, I'm making something uh, a geometric as well, patterned. And it has changed the entire look of what I'm doing. Now, if I haven't mentioned, I'm only using three blocks. Occasionally, I use a fourth, which is just a homemade block from home, a one-inch cube. But I've stopped using that because I want to keep myself to just three. Because I find there's just, I don't want to say infinite, but there are there's a huge amount of space for rotating blocks and arranging them in different ways with just three blocks. And now that I've added these wide uh, black marks to them, stripes, uh, it, 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 it's so unexpected. It, and the other thing is because these stripes are on all the sides, when you look at this simple three block structure, from different angles, it says something different, so to speak. Put the says in quotes, you know, that what it looks like in the front, excuse me, isn't anything to do with what it looks like from the back or the side. 
And uh, the, the blocks that I have, I keep them right on the kitchen counter. We have quite an extended kitchen counter, so there's plenty of room there. And my husband has gotten involved, so all day long, I make a construction. As soon as he sees it, he makes a construction. As soon as I see his, I make one. It's sort of like a, um, a dialogue, a conversation that's going on all day long. So uh, typically, we, each of us will do three, four, and five different constructions uh, each day. Amazing, just utterly amazing. And now that we have added, or I have added, these black stripes, it's taking us in another whole area of delight. I mean, just today, uh, right now, it's, it's about uh, three o'clock. My husband's already done like five constructions. You know, I mean, that's just a shock. And I answer every one of them. And then on my, on my Instagram page, uh, Wooden Blocks 2021, I put the best ones. I don't put all of them because I'd be putting 10 or 12 every day. I generally put two or three every day. Uh, now that I've added the stripes though, um, you know, in one construction, I, I wanna take three pictures. But instead, I'm going to take the one that I think is the most interesting and post that one because I don't want to add, you know, 20 pictures a day. Uh, I might add at this point, I have zero followers on this Wooden Blocks page, which I just think is funny. I started it, oh, I don't know, two weeks ago and no likes, no followers, nothing. I posted it, you know, Facebook, Instagram, that it's there. You know, because I have a number of Instagram pages and, you know, I've mentioned and, and referenced it, but I just think it's interesting uh, because it's astonishing work. It comes from materials that cost next to nothing. And I consider it um, just a privilege to be able to start at such a low level, three wooden blocks from Target and create something so dynamic and exciting, at least it is to me. All right, so here's another project, one of these small projects, which is opening my mind, building my confidence, helping me to get bolder and more original in my thinking all the time. Um, I, and it's from Target again. I bought a set of nesting boxes. They're white. Uh, they're, they're not particularly well made. The, the biggest one is probably uh, eight inches by four inches. And then there are two that nest in them. The smallest one, which is the one I did last night, was probably uh, six inches by two inches, something like that. And so it's all of them, as I said, are all white. And I used markers on them and I am, I thought, as I was doing it, I thought, oh, this is wonderful. And then I finished last night, and when I got up this morning, I took a look at the box again. Now, when I worked on it last night, I worked on it face by face. I had some awareness of how I can make this line wrap around to the other side and continue that color over here so there was I had some awareness of that but when I looked at it the next day ha, uh, the view that I, I had was I could see the front I could see the top and one side all at once and that's 
when it came into focus for me, that right there, that's a composition. So it's not just each face is a composition. You can look at two and three faces all at once. And I created something that I didn't know. It looked really intriguing. So I'm going to do a little more work on that one tonight. And then I have two others, the, the, uh, the medium one and the larger one. So again, I don't think you, I have never considered this concept. Here's the material. It's not just a two-dimensional, it's three-dimensional, and it takes in three sides at once, which I can actually work on as one piece. I didn't intentionally do that, but I, so I surprised myself, and I liked it much more than I did when I went to bed last night. So the takeaway from all of this, as 2021 winds down, is these uh, smaller pieces, which I used to look at as less significant, certainly less valuable, less meaningful than my largest work, six feet by 10 feet. That's my favorite size, six foot by six foot, something like that. I buy a roll of unstretched canvas and I have a party with it. Okay, I used to look at that as my work. This is something that I do just out of, for fun, and I don't know. I, I no longer look at it that way. I now look at uh, these smaller pieces as very significant, very substantial, and co-equal with my largest work. Scale does not confer uh, value or significance. In fact, a lot of my smaller work, I'm now thinking, I could scale that up to a large canvas. I mean, it is really so interesting that I would want to do that. In fact, another thing I do in the small projects realm is I buy used canvases from the Salvation Army or the Goodwill. Now they have to look interesting. Okay, and what I mean by interesting is um, the, the frame itself, I like to go for uh, an inch or more wide and all black or all white. Now it's true, uh, I will consider any any frame. Uh, for instance, I recently bought a used one. I think the frame itself is like six inches uh, wide around the, the perimeter, you know, around the glass. And, and it was um, not flat. It was more of a, a, a roundish kind of thing. It, it was, and, and uh, sort of a, uh, antique yellow. And I bought that and I'm drawing on the frame. That's why I look for these wider frames. Now, sometimes I, I put so much art into the frame that the frame is not just showing off the artwork, it's part of the artwork. So that's something new for me. In fact, one frame, instead of putting artwork under the glass, I did artwork on top of the glass. So the frame and the artwork, well, it's all artwork. It's all one piece. Uh, so that's entirely, that's entirely new. The artwork on the frame is part of the composition, not just framing the composition. And then the other side of that is I'll have artwork under glass, but I do add, I would call it accents 
and interesting drama points to the frame, which uh, again, you end up with something that I haven't seen before that is a delight to me. So again, I'm trying to come to a closing here that I feel like my creative energy has just taken on a power and a strength and that my own confidence in myself is helping me to uh, push limits and find uh, a, a new kind of territory that I haven't visited before, which I am so excited about. Um, I'll share um, uh, some uh, links with you here in case you, you want to uh, see any of this. Uh, my Facebook page is Carolyn Ellis Art. My Instagram, where I've got lots of fascinating work, um, is also Carolyn Ellis Art. I, I have the Wooden Blocks 2021. I also have one called Papered 2021, where it's just paper folding. And then my TikTok account is Carolyn Ellis Art One, uh, which is a lot of fun. And I just smile as I think about tonight because I'm going to do another one of those nesting boxes and I'm coming at it already knowing that I'm not just doing a flat side. I'm doing, you know, something dimensional here that is just so, so fascinating. Okay, I'm pouring out all sorts of creative energy and zeal. Hope that you catch a little bit of it and, and use it in your own practice. Catch you next time. So long.